1: We on that haunted ground, the three spooked girls. Hey, Spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and as always, I am here with my ghoul friend, Jessica. Hello. Hello, and today we are bringing you another patron select. This episode is dedicated to our patron, Megan. She has chosen the murder of Selena Quintanilla today, and I am so excited. This has been on the list. I've been so ready to do this. I'm even wearing a Selena shirt today because I'm just that extra. It's fine, but <laughs> you are. I didn't see it. I am. Yes. I got it from Target if anybody else wants one, just so you know. <laughs> uh, but I am super excited. If you are new here and you would like to find out about getting your own dedicated episode, it is one of our Patreon perks starting at our $10 tier, and that is in the show notes in the link tree, or you can go to patreon.com backslash 3 girls. Okay. So disclaimer, obviously, you guys already know with celebrity deaths, especially somebody who was extremely successful like her, there is so much stuff. So, so much stuff. So we're going to get through pretty much everything. But I do like pull back on some stuff because as it is, I have like over 15 pages of notes. So we got to we got a good episode today, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone ever wants any follow up, just let me know. Fuck. All right. So Selena's parents are Abraham and Marcella Quintanilla. Abraham was a Mexican-American musician, and this is where Selena's love of music came from, of course. He had been in a band called Los Dinos, and he joined in the late 50s. They did have some success and some singles that came out as well. But on the other hand, they were most definitely dealt with a shitty hand. They dealt with a lot of, like, fucked up stuff, but it's the 50s, so, like, sadly not surprised. So they dealt with racism and discrimination due to being of Mexican descent. A club owner who thought the band was Italian was surprised to learn that Los Dinos were Mexican-Americans and refused to pay them. What? Yeah. That's that's Mm -hmm. not a thing. That's, no, no. No. In the 50s, people being fuckers. Fuck. I know. They were also turned down for motel rooms and other venues in predominantly white neighborhoods. That's just to mention a few of the things they went through. But in 1961, Abraham was drafted into the military and he would be stationed at Joint Base lewis McCord in Washington. And this is where he met Marcella, his wife, and they got married on June 8th, 1963. Now, Abraham would be discharged from the military on December 13th, 1963, the same day that Marcella gave birth to their first child. Wow. I was like, that's fun timing, (laughs) whose name is also Abraham, but he goes by A.B. And... Abraham would rejoin Los Dinos and they would move back to Corpus Christi in Texas, for our non-U.S. listeners. And Los Dinos were told to play Spanish-language Mexican music, and they were later dealing with more shit, and they were called, quote, queers. And people at the club were refunded their money after the band confessed to not knowing any Mexican music. Oh, they keep going to the wrong fucking places. Right. Southern
0: California would have been a better option.
1: Right. And apparently people got so mad because they wanted to, you know, dance to whatever music they didn't know how to play. And they chased the band out of the building. What? Yeah. That's not acceptable. On top of that, they had to call the local police department to escort them out safely. And so after this, they changed their genre to Chicano rock due to costs in creating English language music at the time. And by that point, Los Dinos recorded their first record with this cup is what it translates to. I'm not going to I'm not going to slaughter with my stupid whitewashed accent. It's fine. In 1964, on Arnaldo Ramirez's label Falcon Records. And it actually became a big hit in Texas and had a lot of playing time on air, so that was pretty cool. And the single was also released in neighboring states, and they released three more records with Falcon until they moved over to Bernal Records. And on June 29th, 1967, Marcella gave birth to their second child, Suzette. And then by 69, so when Suzette's little toddler, Los Dinos popularity had kind of like scaled back, started, they weren't as popular anymore. Sales of their records were declining. And basically, Abraham quit the band at this point, And the rest of the group just kind of went on and did their thing without him. So, by the early 70s, the family had moved to Lake Jackson, Texas. And while there, Abraham worked at Dow Chemical. And then something really, really scary would happen. Marcella was told by doctors that she had a tumor that needed to be removed immediately. But they decided to get a second opinion before they agreed to the surgery. And the doctor said, no, 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 you don't have a tumor. You're pregnant.
0: Oh, my God. Like, that.
1: (laughs) Oh. Can you imagine if they hadn't got a second opinion and they're in this surgery and then they realize it's, it's a, a baby? baby? Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they have to do the. I, I mean, I don't know all of it, but in, in the 70s. This was like 1970. Yeah. So, like, you know,
1: oh, so. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. And they also were told that this baby was a boy. So, of course, they were planning for a son and they had picked out the name Mark. But Marcella delivered Selena on April 16th, 1971, at Freeport Community Hospital. And what's interesting with Selena's name is Marcella was in like a, you know, she had a roommate or whatever after delivery. Mm -hmm. And the woman she was in the room with actually suggested the name Selena. So I was like, that's interesting. That's cool how that happens, you know? Yeah. And by this point, Abraham, like I said, he wasn't in the music business anymore. He worked at Dow and he had kind of been missing it and wanted to put his family back into it. So as the kids got older, he taught A.B. how to play guitar and Suzette would learn the drums. And then Abraham says he noticed that Selena's music talent was developing when she was about six years old, that she had perfect pitch and he knew she was going to be something big and boom the family band was born, which was named Selena y Los Dinos, and they play Tejano music, which, for those that aren't familiar, is a mix of traditional Mexican folk music, polkas, and country western, sung in Spanish with sometimes English lyrics mixed in. But Selena didn't speak Spanish, so she had to learn from Abraham once they started recording, and she actually became extremely fluent. So flash forward to 1980, the family had opened a Tex-Mex restaurant called Papagayo's, and the kids would perform there for a while, and it was actually doing really, really well. So also, yes, Selena was super young, so she actually started performing when she was six and a half years old. So just keep that in mind as we go through. That's so young. Right? And unfortunately, the recession of 1981 hit, and that affected the business, so they had to close the restaurant and things would get worse for the Quintanilla family because they would be evicted from their house and had to file bankruptcy. So at this time, the family had moved back to Corpus Christi, and essentially, Abraham knew he had talented children, so he threw all of his energy into this band, and they started getting gigs. They did quinceaneras, they did weddings, fairs, all kinds of things like that. It, It was their livelihood. It was what they did to pay the bills, and. People recognized that they were talented because they started gaining more traction and they actually started going on the road and traveling to all kinds of places within the state and whatnot. But Selena would, as you would expect, and the other kids too, show up to school extremely tired. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot to go, you know, do this kind of thing as an adult, but a kid like I can't even imagine
0: And then have to do school full time. Like, oh, fuck.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. No fucking thanks. But it was so much so that teachers became worried about Selena. And by the time she was in eighth grade, they actually decided it was time to pull her from school so she could be on the road more. And when they told her teacher this, she actually confronted them saying, is this really what's the best interest for Selena? You know, and of course, Abraham essentially told her to mind her own business, you know, things like that. But the teachers like i said they were super concerned they actually reported selena's parents to the board of education
0: i mean they are mandated reporters so
1: oh yeah oh yeah if they hadn't i would have been like you're bad teachers (laughs) right well i mean also it's 80s so i'm not sure like you know what i mean i don't know true compared to now But, you know, you know, but even though she was pulled out of public school, she did earn her diploma through the American School of Correspondence in Chicago and was also accepted at Louisiana State University, LSU. And she had enrolled at Pacific Western University and she took business administration as her major. And which is huge, because even though performing and music and everything is was her passion, she valued education so, so much. And I watched tons of interviews and stuff. And she was just always talking about, you know, furthering your education, you know, having backup plans, things like that. And she did a lot of philanthropy work and would go to a lot of schools for like drug-free campaigns and talking about like how important school is and stuff. So she was like, I wanted to go into business because I know the music industry is a tough place and you got to have options because you got to take care of you. Your family, you know, Mm -hmm. like she had been through her family going through losing their house and the bankruptcy and, you know, the hard times. She's like, I'm doing everything I can to make sure me and my people are good, which is so smart. So smart. But as they continued on with the music career, eventually they were able to get a tour bus that AB had refurbished and it was called Big Bertha, which I love. That makes me so happy. (laughs) I always feel like buses (laughs) are named that. Like it's, I don't know, it's, it's
0: like the perfect name for a big bus.
1: Right, I know. Uh, That's, like, the name I think of, too, with that
0: kind of stuff. I've also never met a Bertha human in my entire life. I've only met, like, Berthas as, like, this is my car or this is my truck or
1: camper or whatever. Or a cow in, like, a story, yeah. Like, it's never a human. Right.
0: (laughs) And now someone out there named Bertha is listening, they're like, my name is Bertha! And i would be like, I'm sorry, I just haven't met you yet. we love you,
1: Bertha. (laughs) I've lived, but I haven't lived every life yet. Right? Oh gosh. So the debut album would release in 1984 for Freddie Records, entitled Selena Elos Dinos. And they started promoing on TV shows, and that catapulted them into popularity, and just things were happening for the band. Now, interesting enough, there was a period of time when Texas venues would actually turn them down because of them being so young and also because Selena was a female and she was the lead singer. What? Yep. Someone even once said she would never be successful because it was a male-dominated genre because, like I said, they're doing Tejano music. That's true. But everything comes around because Selena becomes successful, as we all know. Mm -hmm. She actually won Female Vocalist of the Year in 1987 at the Tejano Music Awards and did so for nine years in a row so they can get fucked.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: right? And by 1988, they had released five more albums, so they were putting in the work and it was paying off. And Selena had performed at the Tejano Music Awards in 1989, and a man named Jose Behar, who was from EMI Latin Records, wanted to sign them. And they would. And she started getting big sponsorships. She had a deal with Coca-Cola, like things were fucking happening. Things were fucking happening for her and fast. But there is a very important person that we need to mention. Well, one of two. The first one I'm going to talk about is Chris Perez. And this would be the man who would become Selena's husband. He was the lead guitar in the band. Now, a little bit about them, because I read his book. It's To Selena With Love, and then it says Chris, like, his name on it underneath it. So, it's very good. If her story is something that's interesting to you, I definitely recommend it. It was really good. It was really good. So, okay. Now, and that's where, like, that was, like, my main source for, like, their relationship, because it was straight from Chris, you know? Right. So... At first, they were just friends, obviously. And what Chris had said was what ended up being the turning point was when the band, they took a trip to Mexico. And with this trip, he talks about how he was a nervous flyer because this was actually his first time on a plane ever in his life. Mm. And on the way back, Selena sat by him and they were hitting some turbulence. So it freaked him out. And it kind of calmed down for a little bit, but then they hit some more bumpy air. And he said that she grabbed his hand and they held hands and just talked the rest of the flight. And they hugged goodbye, you know, went their separate ways to go home. But he was like, this was something different for me. You know, he started like having these feelings for her and she did, too. So they both. Started spending time together and before anyone's like, well, guess what? He had a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, he had a girlfriend and then he broke up with her for Selena, basically. So there's that. Ah, he pulled a Jess Mariano, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. And, you know... They just tried to spend as much time together as they could, and it really wasn't weird because, like, when Selena would want to go to the store or go run errands or go to, you know, go to the movies, things like that, Abraham wanted someone to go with her. So she'd be like, oh, Chris is going to go with me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, "Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like, he felt it's protection. Exactly. He felt more secure about it. But they would take these little times, you know, they go on little dates, they go to dinner, things like that. And it was really, really hush hush because they knew Abraham was going to lose his shit once he found out. And they didn't want to cause any tension with the band, anything like that. One of the band members, his name was Rick. He actually was one of the first to know that they had gotten together because he walked in on them when they kissed. They were kissing on the bus and basically was like, oh, bye. Like, I am not. Nope, I don't know this. (laughs) You know, like, like, no, 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 I'm
0: culpable by just knowing.
1: (laughs) Right. So he's like, oh, bye. But as time went on, pretty much everybody eventually knew except Abraham. Even her mom knew mom's always know. mom probably knew true.
0: like when they hugged goodbye at the airport she's like mm, right she's like i know what's gonna
1: happen i know what's <laughs> gonna happen and then shit hits the fan there's one day or one evening when suzette she comes to the tour bus and selena and chris are on there and he was like the crazy because like okay he said they weren't even sitting by each other they weren't like making out cuddling nothing he was like on i think one of the couches and she was at like the table or something they were they were sitting on not by each other what whatsoever basically like opposite sides of the bus basically and she comes in and she's pissed off and he's like i still to this day don't even know what they had been fighting about but it must have been something because she literally is just like nope fuck this turns around goes off the bus literally runs her ass to abraham and tells him that chris and selena are together which i'm like wow that's fucked up right And, of course, Abraham flips the fuck out and, like, him and Chris get into it. And he's like, you need to end this, da-da-da-da-da. And Chris is like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. You know, he doesn't want to lose Selena or being in the band with her. So he's like, no, 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 it's nothing serious. Like, it's over now. We're good, blah, 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 you know, all of this. But, obviously, they were still together and they kept their relationship a secret. But, of course, eventually secrets come out and Abraham literally fires Chris from the band and bans Selena from seeing him.
0: I just like dads out there being like, Mm-mm, you can't see. Th- no, like because Selena is a full grown adult at this point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like she over 18. Like, sir. Yeah. I watched the Lopez, the Jennifer Lopez movie. Yeah. And like, I feel like that captured the vibe of that dynamic Mm -hmm. and i just have a lot of issues with abraham and his like "Mm, you can't be with my daughter and i'm like "Mm, Uh
1: just fuck off sir (laughs) yeah and i'm probably gonna plug his book a hundred times but chris like goes into detail about it and i completely agree but you know she selena's very if you guys don't know selena is very much or she was very much a passionate person, a go-getter, like, she let nobody walk over her. And if she made her mind up about something, like, that was that. It was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it is what it is. So, one day, It was essentially like after a fight with Abraham, she went over to Chris's and was like, look, we need to elope. We need to get married right now because this is the only way this is going to work. And my dad's going to accept us. And I want to be with you. And my dad's going to have to get over it. (laughs) And Chris knew Selena had wanted like a big wedding with her family and everything. So he really not that he didn't want to be with her like that. He just he knew what she wanted. So he tried to, you know, talk her out of it and be like, no, like, Mm -hmm. I want to do it right. You know, all of that stuff. And she was like, no, we're going to fucking do it. So he's like, all right, let's go get married. So the two were married on April 2nd, 1992. And of course, Selena being a big celebrity at this point, word got out just a few hours later. And this is actually how her family found out. So Abraham was pissed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, everyone else but Abraham is like justified to be like. And uh, granted, this was before like text messaging. So it wasn't like she could have been like. Chris and I left, and when got married, <laughs> exclude it because you know you know that if it was in today's world, they'd have a group <laughs> chat without Abraham,
1: <laughs> right? Oh my god, and everyone else
0: but Abraham, and that would have been like, we're eloping, love you, <laughs> you know, yeah, see you
1: Exactly, soon. it must have been so hard to get information out back then fuck right that's probably why she got a couple hours a piece but like basically she was laying low at his house hiding from her family and like not answering (laughs) calls and shit she's like fuck no (laughs) and eventually you know everybody found out and they were like no we're here you know and things like that and also what i liked learning because like i didn't know too much about their relationship with selena's life and stuff to be Mm. honest so that's why i really made sure to read the book he talks about how their family grew in terms of pets and fur babies and stuff like that they had five dogs two aquariums and a snake which like relatable because how he described selena being like hell yes we're getting this dog or oh look another dog and then there was like this one instance with one (laughs) with one two of them actually so one of their neighbor ladies I think it was like boxers or something so she got one and brought him home or whatever and then without telling Chris she was like I want to take the other one too <laughs> and kept it at the neighbor's house and kept be, like trying to hint it to him being like yeah so and so is having such a hard time rehoming the dog like the people who bought him had to bring him back like all this shit and then I think if I remember right eventually he was just like Selena just admit that's our dog now and go get it <laughs> stop lying right and it was just really funny and then like also it's like salma hayek (laughs) right rescues dogs
0: everywhere she goes
1: (laughs) (laughs) and in terms of like vehicles and quads and things like that she really liked that too because she, she was like she was a wild child on top of it so, you know, they had a bunch of fun cars and things like that. And he had a motorcycle that he eventually got. And she's like, I want to learn to ride it. And he's like, OK, but you need to do it like with me because I, you know, so, you know, what you're, so you're safe, know what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And apparently one day she like took it out by herself and was just like on a little ride. She's like, whatever, it's fine. And he was just like, no, dude, you could have died and, you know, stuff like that. So it's really interesting to see that dynamic. <laughs> And then another like, time, you oh, could my God, died. And she's like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And then another time he said he came home and there was just like a uh, like a side by side, like a little go kart, just there in their garage that she bought. <laughs> <laughs> she's like the
0: person you can't have her hold on to her credit cards because she's like, I will buy it all and I don't care. But I mean. If you've been performing since you were six years old, you have to have something else as like that adrenaline rush.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And they were financially secure. And they were, even though they were really young, they were in their early 20s, like they were both very financially responsible. Like she made sure to take care and pay all the bills. You know, they'd sit with the checkbooks and take care of everything and things like that. And it was and like what also shows she's such a sweet person is like her. And I think I can't remember if she is the only one who bought one or if her friend also bought one, but her and her friend were out with the go-kart at like a school nearby in their little neighborhood Mm -hmm. and all the kids were out and they were like, oh my God, can we ride it? And so she like let them ride it for like hours and stuff, just let the different neighborhood kids just like have fun and stuff. So it was really sweet. I was like, "Mm, that's cute. From what I always what i have
0: gathered from like movies and stuff I've seen in like Mm -hmm. video clips is that she was just like a real
1: person. Like she Mm -hmm. wasn't like, I'm Mm -hmm. a celebrity, stay away from me. She was like, she was so down to earth hundred percent a hundred and she was just such a good person like very genuine you know all of that but yeah no and just like everybody just loved her which looks like you know she was like a sweetheart in the mm-hmm. Tejano music industry so totally get it and something interesting to note too because we were talking about Abraham and his like controlling situation is Chris also had said that you know it wasn't really, it wasn't completely how the public thought necessarily, not saying he wasn't a bit controlling, because yes, he was. But like he said, the reason why a lot of people kind of like brought this dynamic to attention was because selena would say you know if someone came up to her with a pitch or a project or something like that there would be times she'd say i'll have to check with my dad but really it was because she didn't want to hurt their feelings and it would be something like she wasn't into or no she couldn't do so basically she'd like hand it off to abraham to go break the bad news which i mean makes sense
0: right and it's also really hard like people like try to take advantage of celebrities and their money oh
1: yeah a hundred percent and
0: she's young and unfortunately, not unfortunately, she's a female, but she's young and she's a female. And unfortunately, people take advantage of young females because Mm -hmm. they think we're stupid.
1: Oh, yeah. And she was just she had such a big heart, like she would do anything for the people she cared about. So, you know, they had to keep an eye on her, obviously. But, you know, there was still, of course, like conflict and whatnot with Abraham not being able to control her as much once she was married to Chris. But Chris is a laid back person. So he's like, I basically knew how to handle and diffuse these situations. So without causing like too much of a thing. But he always made sure to be like at the end of the day, like if it's something Selena wants to do, like I'm going to support her whether you like it or not. Right. But like I said, we could have like a whole fucking little mini series on the relationship. It's so cute. But I digress. <laughs> we will move on. And we gotta talk about that bitch, Yolanda Saldivar. Ah, <laughs> oh, Yolanda. Ugh. So I got some background on her because I honestly didn't know too much about her, besides she's a cunt, so here we go. I mean truth. <laughs> right. So Yolanda was the youngest of eight children and she her parents were Frank and Juanita Saldivar, and she was born in San Antonio, Texas. And growing up, she was bullied and teased a lot because of her appearance and her weight. And she didn't really have any friends. She rarely made any, and she pretty much kept herself isolated. She didn't really do any, like, social activities, things like that. And her father was a head waiter at a Mexican restaurant in the West End, and she would attend three different elementary schools in the Edgewood School District. She originally attended Kennedy High School, but then transferred to two other ones before graduating from a fourth one called McCollum High School in 1979. Now, while she was there, though, she was in the junior ROTC, And after high school, she was accepted into the University of Texas, which would put us in 1985. But then she would transfer to Palo Alto College and she studied to be a registered nurse. And she would receive a bachelor's degree in nursing from a different college, though. She would graduate from Texas A&M and. After college, it was said that she became obsessed with losing weight and she worked as a graduate nurse at a medical center hospital. But in 1990, she received her license as a registered nurse from the Texas Board of Nurse Examiners and was making pretty good money. She was making 60000 a year. That's good. Yeah. For that time? Yeah. And at one point, she had gotten married and she adopted three children. One of them was her niece. So, you know, like she was having a solid adult life so far. But something that would come out way later in the story, but I'm just going to tell you guys now, the Quintanilla family would find this out way later, is that her previous employer, Dr. Gomez, who was a dermatologist, sued her for $9,200 that he said she stole from him in 1983. Oh, shit. Yes, and this is a pattern we're going to see, but this was settled out of court. Then again, after this, though, she'd be back in court when the Texas Guaranteed Student Loan Corporation obtained a Travis County court judgment in Austin against her for failing to repay her student loans, which was $7,361. And by this point, she had switched jobs a bunch, and she was working as a nurse at St. Luke's Lutheran Hospital. Now, over the next four years, she would kind of bounce over to a couple hospitals and she began to lose interest in being a nurse. And she was a big fan of Tejano music. She actually, before Selena, she was obsessed. No, I don't want to say obsessed. She was, she liked this artist named Shelly Laris, Laris, sorry guys, and went to one of her concerts in San Antonio mm-hmm. and approached her about starting a fan club oh but shelly's dad fred was like "Mm, no we're not gonna do that but thank you though kind of thing you know and after this yolanda and her friends had said hey go like you like like stuff went south with shelly whatever go check out selena like she's really good she's really talented and apparently (laughs) yolanda didn't like selena at first because of how she was like super, like, winning all of the Tejano Music Awards. I'm like, oh, so you're trying to be one of those people that's like, oh, she's popular. It's not cool to like her. Like, fuck off. (laughs) Okay. Or it's just a thousand percent jealousy. Oh, oh, it's that, a hundred percent. Now, Yolanda attended a concert of Selena's and this, like, did a 180 for her. So afterwards, she was like, oh, okay. Selena's got her shit together. Yes, I love it. She, which we already know, obviously, she approached Abraham and was like, hey, I want to start a fan club for Selena. And this was in San Antonio, like I said, in 1991. And he was like, okay, cool. Like, this is cool. And so she became the club's president and kind of did that whole thing. And later, she kind of just keeps getting closer and closer and closer, right? So one of the things Selena really wanted to do was open some boutiques because something I haven't mentioned is Selena was super into fashion. Mm-hmm. She always designed all of her costumes. They are very iconic. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, she always wanted like plans A, B, C, D, E for her life, right? Right. And her dad really pushed back because he's like, you're going to be stretched too thin. You shouldn't do this. It's not a good idea. But she would end up opening two boutiques there in Texas. And they actually did pretty well. And then she was actually working on a third one that was going to open in Mexico down in Monterey when she had died. And at that point, you know, she was like she had owned up that she didn't really know much about business on this side of things. So Yolanda swoops in and is basically like, I'll take care of it. I'll I'll take care of everything. You know, like she Mm -hmm. essentially got super close to Selena that they had this not only this like best friend slash kind of Yolanda being an older sister type of relationship with Selena, but she was putting her hands in all kinds of things of hers. She was the manager of both boutiques. And the fan club was pretty successful. It was said to be one of the largest fan clubs in the San Antonio area. It had 1,500 members in less than four years. And then eventually it had over 5,000. Wow. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is as time goes on, some people would say, depending on who it was, would say like Yolanda was Selena's ears and eyes and others would just be like, no, she's fucking possessive and controlling. Particularly one of her Fashion designers named Martin Gomez, he basically was like, he worked for her until Yolanda drove him away. He's like, she's obsessed. She's crazy. Like, she doesn't treat people well. No, I can't do this, you know. And she had actually been accused of embezzling funds from a previous employee. And what really freaked him out was that I can't remember if it was Martin that went or like one of his assistants, but like I'm pretty sure it was him. Went over to Yolanda's place and she supposedly had a roommate, but there was no roommate. And they're like, what the fuck? But it would come out. The lady got freaked out because literally her whole apartment was essentially a Selena shrine. She had pictures everywhere. She had all kinds of shit all over the place. Like, Mm creepy serial killer status like not like oh like you know like that lady who managed britney spears how she has like the records and stuff not like that like
0: you mean like a lot. you open a closet and it's pictures of her and selena
1: together with like hearts probably probably i don't know it's just a lot and so also they were, like, a voodoo altar probably fuck And I read some interviews with Martin because he's talked about Yolanda plenty of times. And I have one quote that says, quote, she'd get, like, very angry if you crossed her. She'd also play so many mind games, say people had said things that they hadn't said. So many things would happen to the clothing I was working on. I knew that I had finished a certain piece and I would come back from a trip to New York and the hems would be ripped out. It was very strange. Like, yeah. That is weird. Right? And then there was this time where they... We're having a party at like a hotel or something after a show. And obviously, like Yolanda was there, and somebody had like trashed the bathroom. Now, early, early in their relationship, Chris had gotten drunk and done some dumb shit, like fucking up a hotel room with some dudes, like, you know, them being dumbass, mm-hmm. young adult dudes. So Yolanda had said, like, they were trying to figure out who did it. And Yolanda was like, Chris did it. Da, 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 da. And at first, Selena's like, what the fuck? Like, you said you would not act like a fucking shithead again, basically. Right. Like, why are you breaking my trust? And he was like, dude, I was with you the whole time. I don't know why Yolanda is saying this. And then basically, if they tried to confront her, she's just like, uh uh-huh. it's like, oh. Okay, so basically she was trying to create a wedge in between Selena and Chris as well. That's a lot of these other people. No, but he said basically he's like, you know, we all thought Yolanda was just kind of like harmless, a little weird, whatever. Like we didn't see her as a threat, unfortunately. And she also had a key to Selena and Chris's house, which the house they lived in was like on the same street, basically, as the other Quintanilla family members. Abraham had bought it and I think they were like renting it or some shit. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But they all live by each other. And basically, she had full control over the business checking accounts. She had a credit card. She had all of this stuff. And anytime anybody would try to question her about her being like sketch or like doing shit with money, she would just flip out on them. Uh Well, shit would start to come down for Yolanda because in January, Abraham had gotten a call that... There was several complaints from fans who had sent in their $22 membership fee, but never got the T-shirt, CD, and all of that stuff that they were supposed to get with it. Oh. And then at that time, people at the boutiques also started being like, at, like you know, bringing up weird shit. And Abraham started looking into it. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to come to Selena with this until... I have some like actual evidence because she always sees the good in people. She's protective over Yolanda. Like he has to have something, you know? And it sounds like she would have gone straight to Yolanda to
0: like handle it. And Mm
1: -hmm. obviously,
0: Yolanda lies. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that would have been bad.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then also on top of this, she had pulled together, I think it was about $3,000 from employees and stuff at the boutiques and had gotten Selena this ring that looked like it had a little like Faberge egg on it she mm-hmm. wore it in a lot of like pictures and stuff it like it became a staple because she fucking loved it but when Yolanda gave it to her she was like oh it's from me she didn't even mention it was from all the other people too that's fucked up yeah and then if I remember right she took the money they gave him and then also and then just charged the ring on the card on the business card I'm like what the fuck okay
0: so like yeah. she used Selena's own money <laughs> Yes, pretty much. She's like, here's this gift I got
1: you with your money. (laughs) Okay and then
0: I pocketed the money
1: that like other people paid yes exactly like fuck and you know she was just like deny 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 and all this stuff but of course like there was something I can't remember I think it was the bathroom thing that had happened and then shortly after that she gave Selena the ring and then that's when Selena's like see she loves me and cares about me to Chris or whatever and da 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 and Chris is just like okay like because he didn't know he thought legit she just bought it you know because like Selena was obsessed with Fabergé eggs as most people like adult women were I think during that time period so she had like 40 of them or like a crazy it was amount definitely
0: a vibe it was like you yes. were like well off if you had faberge eggs and i was always like those make
1: me so <laughs> nervous because i could just break it like right. so
0: easy right My mom had one and i was like i'm gonna break this
1: yeah she had like 30 something of that like almost 40 of them She just that's loved crazy them. right says the woman who
0: collects like funny like t-shirts and, <laughs> and spooky <That's> shit <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: yeah. So to get back to our timeline here, some of this stuff comes out obviously later, but I'm just for chronological purposes, I'm going to tell you guys. So on March 13th, Yolanda had bought a snub-nosed 38 caliber pistol from a gun store, and then she had traveled to Monterrey, Mexico for some meetings. Like I said, Selena wanted to open another boutique, right? Mm-hmm. So she had taken a bunch of like paperwork and, you know, business records, stuff like that with her, but selena had become in the know at this point about this stuff and she's like no you need to bring that shit back like i need that it was like stuff for taxes things like that okay Mm -hmm. she would just give her the runaround like she'd go meet her she'd go be like oh i forgot this piece at my house sorry or like forgot it at blah 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 you know like making excuses Mm -hmm. and trying to be all like anytime selena would be like no this is fucking done But she was like, I, she had told Chris, Selena told Chris, she was like, I have to play kind of nice because I need to get these business records. I need to get them, you know, because if I just am like, no, you're fired. Get the fuck out of my life. She's going to not give them to me. So he's like, all right, fine, whatever. So on the night of March 30th, which was a Thursday, Selena went with Chris to the Days Inn, which Yolanda was staying at, to get the last of the papers she supposedly had. And this was at room 158. Now. Yolanda had asked Selena to come alone, but she was like, no, I'm going to bring, she's like, I'm going to bring you so I can be like, you're in the car so I can get them and go and it not turn into this whole thing, right? Right. And while there, she was in there for quite a while. So Chris is like, I'm going to go check on them, see what's going on, right? hmm And Selena tells him, like, she, t- trigger warning, she told me that while she was in Mexico, she was raped oh, and attacked. Shit. Yes. And she's like, but I get these vibes. She's not really telling the truth. Like she showed me the clothes and stuff and it was just like it didn't look like the clothes she had been wearing, which later some experts say, no, they were cut with scissors, not fucking like damage from an assault. Why would you show someone your clothes? I don't know. And Selena's like, oh, my God, like, let me take you to the hospital. Let's go get you checked out, you know, things like that. And she didn't want to go. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. So she's like, I don't know if I believe her. Like, she was very skeptical if this woman was lying because at this point she realized, you know, Yolanda is manipulative. And anytime she brought up about like them essentially splitting ways or what have you, you know, this kind of stuff would happen. So she's like, what the fuck? Well, they go home and it was like really, really late that Yolanda called and is like, okay, you can take me to the hospital, da, 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 da. And Chris is like, like, can you come back? All this shit. Because of course, no spoil, like no surprise. There was certain vague statements that she supposedly had given Selena. She's like, "Oh, I forgot them," and then, "Oh, I found them." And he's like, "No, you're not going tonight. We'll go first thing in the morning. Like mm-hmm. it'll be all good." Because on that Thursday as well, Chris's dad had came to town, and they were supposed to like, you know, have family time and visit and all that. And he's like, "We're right. just gonna go tomorrow. It's fine. We're not gonna fucking stay up all night and deal with this. It's whatever." So, it was, like, the next morning, Chris says that Selena got up super early, and he's, like, that wasn't really out of the norm, but, like, she obviously had so much going on in her mind, and she was tired and stuff that, like, she forgot her father-in-law was there, so she, like, screamed, and it, like, scared him. So, he, like, I remember popping up, and then my dad looking scared, her looking scared, you know, all this stuff, and whatever oh, like and she then had she, like
0: walked out and saw him and was like oh yeah. my god there's
1: a person <laughs> oh no yes exactly i know <laughs> and she was like no i'm good go back to sleep so he went back to sleep and actually his dad is the person who took the last picture of selena they had been sitting at the kitchen table doing their bills or whatever and his dad thought it was like cute and funny so he's like oh look at you Aww. being responsible adult so that's the last picture of selena ever Because this morning puts us on Friday, March 31st. And early that morning, Yolanda had asked again for Selena to take her to Doctors Regional Medical Center, being like, I need to go, like, fine, take me, whatever. And, of course, all the tests were inconclusive. And then apparently later, Yolanda, she's such a fucking liar, like, whatever, she had admitted she hadn't been raped at all.
0: It's not I mean, granted, there's a lot of shit that Yolanda did that was unacceptable, mm-hmm. but, like, it is never acceptable to, like, cry rape. No,
1: absolutely not. it
0: completely, it makes people not believe actual victims.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred fucking percent. So, they go back to the days in. And Selena's like, OK, I need these bank statements. You need to give them to me now. I'm done with you, you know. And apparently they got into it because she finally was fed up. So she's like, this is done. We're done. We're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And Yolanda apparently demanded that Selena returned the ring. And as Selena was taking it off, they were yelling about like leaving the door open, things like that. And this is when Yolanda pulls out the gun. And... She says, you bitch, and shoots her in the back. Now, with being shot twice, Selena is running out of the hotel room. People could hear her yelling for help, things like that. She ran across the courtyard and got to the lobby, and she was bleeding extremely bad because one of the bullets had entered her right shoulder and severed an artery. It was fa- it was going to be fatal. If it had been over just a little bit, she might have lived, but because she, right. it hit that artery, she was just – there was nothing they could do. When she got into the lobby, she was bleeding. She yelled at them. She was like, I got shot. And they're like, oh, my God, like who like who did this to you? You know, that kind of thing. And she said, God, I do don't, don't ask who. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. They're they're calling 911 <laughs> oh, and ask. You know what I'm saying? Like, at oh, the good. same time, like everything's happening at once. She's like, Yolanda Saldivar, room 158, blah, 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 all of that. And they called and they called 911, of course. And you can listen to the 911 call. It's on YouTube and stuff. And the ambulance gets there within three minutes. That's fast. To take her. Yes, to take her to Memorial Medical Center. And basically, from here, they she's still alive at that point, but they get her to the hospital and she dies when they tried to do surgery and from blood loss mm-hmm. and things like that, unfortunately. Abraham and the Quintanillas, they are notified and they are at the hospital. And what happens is, so I think Suzette called and... Chris answers the phone and she's like, selena has been in an accident. And that's obviously all she'll say because obviously he's not, she's not going to tell him over the phone that his wife died. Right. Because she she was already dead. And so he's like, oh my God, like he thinks it's like a car accident or something because he, you know, she was obviously upset while Mm -hmm. there and whatnot. So he's like, holy shit, is she okay? Like got to get over there. But unfortunately, a doctor was there and told him that she had been shot and they had tried to administer four units of blood and they had been able to restart her heart, but It just it didn't matter. But also something to mention, I didn't really touch on too much because there really wasn't a a lot on it. But the Quintanilla family was actually Jehovah's Witness. Oh, shit. Yeah. So apparently this was like a big thing. Like, I don't know much about that religion. but This was like a big thing. And he was like, that's against her religious beliefs. You know, all of this shit. She would have objected to that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But like I said, unfortunately, these transfusions did not help.
0: Yeah, they don't believe in blood transfusions. I was like, because I'm having a sur- small surgery done soon. And that's like, they ask you, like, can we administer a transfusion? Because they have to ask. Because if I was Jehovah Witness, they would, they obviously I'd be like, no. But mm. I mean, if I need blood, please give me blood.
1: <laughs> yes. And shortly after this, a statement would come out on the news because she was very loved. So word spread fast. And it said, Selena has been shot in Corpus Christi at a Days Inn motel. The woman who did it is sitting in a pickup truck in the parking lot holding a gun to her head. She's dead. She passed away at 1.05 p.m. at Memorial Medical Center. Mm. And yes, because after all of this happens, Yolanda tries to get in her fucking truck and take the fuck off. But police are like, oh, no, 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 bitch. So they stop her and they get her stopped. And this leads to a 10-hour standoff because, like the quote said, she was threatening to commit suicide. And she had the gun to her temple, her right temple at one point, and she was just crying a bunch and all of this. There's audio of one of the negotiators talking to her. They had the FBI crisis negotiation unit and a SWAT team there to handle this.
0: I'm just like, bitch, do not be crying. You shot her. Like, you, mm-hmm. you bought a gun mm-hmm. to kill Selena. There was no other reason you bought a gun. Exactly. And
1: the fucked up thing, too, is she had bought it, taken it back, and then rebought it. Oh, so she like a true psychopath. Oh, yeah. And there's more. She even bought hollow point bullets. So she bought bullets that would do the most damage if anyone listening doesn't know what that means, huh. which causes oh a bigger exit wound. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, in most points, hollow points don't go through bodies. They just fucking explode within a body.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the the yeah. damage of like a regular bullet versus that. I'm not why I'm touching my, my body. But. I
0: love that you pointed <laughs> at your rib. But you're like
1: right here. That's <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, ber- the damage a regular bullet can do versus a hollow point, like a hollow point's much more fatal and mm. much more dangerous. Is my point. Yeah, they're made. They're made for. They're made for death. Yep. So there was two negotiators that tried to talk to her and one was named Larry Young. He was the lead negotiator. And then there was also Isaac Valencia. And, you know, when talking to her, Isaac was like, oh, was this an accident or like what happened? You know, trying to find out what the fuck happened because at this point Mm -hmm. they don't know. Right. They just know she killed Selena. And later she tries to be like, oh, the gun went off. It was so weird. But when they go to court later and I pretty sure i added this in my notes down there but like for that specific gun it takes 11 pounds of pressure for the trigger to go off so it's not no accident that's like a
0: full squeeze squeeze
1: exactly exactly i hope our listeners understood what i meant (laughs) (laughs) because again y'all can't see So, during her 10-hour thing, she spoke with relatives, she spoke with police, she spoke with the negotiators. Of course, the days in, you know, they got everybody locked down in their rooms because they're like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, y'all need to be safe. She
0: could come out shooting.
1: Exactly. She would done it once. Right. So, later that afternoon, they took all the gas from her vehicle and then turned on the floodlights. And as they were about almost halfway into this, going into the fourth hour, they did get her to finally confess. That she intended to shoot herself. And that's when she placed it to her head. And all this stuff. And like at this point. The Quintinias and Chris and all of them are watching it at home. and Or at the. Probably at the house. I don't know if they were. I think they were home at this point. And he was just like. I'm fucking over. Chris is like. I'm over this. She's not going to fucking commit suicide. She's just doing this type of thing. Which he was right. Mm-hmm. Then two hours later. She was going to surrender and come out. But. Of course, the police officers were pointing weapons at her because she also has a gun. And she apparently got back into the truck and picked up the gun again and put it back at her head. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. But like I said, 10 hours, she would eventually come out of the stinking truck and she had said, quote, I can't believe I killed my best friend, end quote. And after this, she was taken to the police station in downtown Corpus Christi and placed into an interrogation room of course and she was with some like very experienced people because one of the officers paul rivera he had been investigating homicide since 1978 so he wasn't oh, fucking damn. around with her yeah
0: right and it, she like especially because they're in texas selena was like mm-hmm. a statewide treasure so like it didn't matter if you didn't necessarily like listen to that type of music everyone listened mm-hmm. to
1: selena's music exactly Exactly, because towards the end of her life, she had also gotten a deal to do an English album as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were working on that. Now, of course, once taken in and arraigned and stuff, Yolanda would plead not guilty. I mean, this would be on 4-3. And initially, her bond was set to $100,000, but the DA was like, oh, fuck no, that is nowhere near enough. So they raised it to $500,000. I mean, I don't see anyone loaning her that kind of money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Everyone hates you, Yolanda. No. But in prison, she faced death threats from inmates, as expected. It was said that a the Mexican mafia had a dominant gang in the Texas penal system, and they had pretty much put a hit out on her head to kill her.
0: I mean, I don't encourage murder, but like, <laughs> I understand and validate your feelings. <laughs> yes.
1: So she was at, oh my gosh, I'm going to fucking slaughter how to say this, Nusis County Jail. That's where she was. And they had put her under suicide watch, of course, which makes sense because she was saying all that. And then plus, like, obviously everybody else won't kill her, too. So, you know. But before I go over the court stuff, I want to go back to Selena for a little bit. So... There would be a vigil held for Selena on the following day after her death on April 1st, and 3,000 fans had showed up to that. And it was also reported that over 30,000 fans had passed her casket during her, like, on her way to, the, to her, like, burial and stuff or during her viewing or whatever. Because obviously, like, the actual viewing, viewing, like, it was just family and stuff, you know? hmm And that was on April 2nd, and some lined up as early as 4 a.m., even though it wasn't until 9 a.m. Wow and it was said that for the condolences book thing they had that over 70,000 fans had signed it
0: that's that's a that's a lot
1: yeah and then on april 3rd selena would be laid to rest with close family and friends which for that part of the funeral it was said that it was over 600 people in itself
0: Did you say close family and friends and it was 600
1: (laughs) people? That's a lot of people. I know. I know. But you know what I mean. It's not it was like not open to the public like that for that.
0: Oh, yeah. No, you had it was by invite only. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, So back to our trial. She, like I said, pled not guilty and kept swearing it was a fucking accident. And her trial began on October 11th, 1995 in Houston, Texas. That was fast. Yeah. Everything moved pretty fast. October 11th, 1995. And, of course, the prosecution's like, no, she deliberately killed Selena. And he had also called it a senseless and cowardly act because Selena was shot in the back. Now, her defense was trying to be like, no, it was an accident. And, of course, there was, like, all these rumors going around. And he's like, no, you know, like, she wasn't obsessed with Selena. She didn't want her blah, 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 all of this shit. But, like I said, experts were like, no, it takes 11 pounds of pressure for that gun. It's not going to be an accident. There's no fucking way. Like, you are full And of she shit. shot twice. Exactly. And then she tried it to be like, Selena wasn't trying to fire me. I was quitting and she was insisting. So I got emotional and was waving the gun around and it just went off. I'm like, okay, no one fucking believes okay. you, dude. I just like have to say this. Like,
0: I, I've i been fired from a job. I've never had an employer fire me holding a gun. Like, and I've held a gun or they've held a gun. Like, that's just not something you do. I mean, unless you work at a gun shop. Right. There's but even no then, I feel no legitimate reason awesome. <laughs> for you
1: to be holding any kind of weapon, loaded or unloaded. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So. Just 12 days later, so on October 23rd, 1995, the jury would deliberate for two hours, and they would find her guilty of first-degree murder, where she would receive the maximum sentence of life in prison with no eligibility for parole for the first 30 years, which, if you guys are TikTok peeps, you realize that's coming up in 2025. So close. I know. Fuck that shit.
0: I'm just, like, in two hours, I'm like,
1: they just wanted lunch. (laughs)
0: They were just like, all right, whatever. They're like, okay, we're going to vote, but let's get lunch first.
1: (laughs) Right. So on November 22nd, 1995, she arrived at the Gatesville unit, now the Christina Crane unit in Gatesville, Texas. And then as of 2018, she is serving her sentence in Gatesville at the Mountain View unit, which is operated by the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. And like I said, in 2025, she will be eligible for parole on March 30th. But because of all of these death threats and stuff, she has been placed on isolation and spends 23 hours a day alone in her cell. And then in 2002, a judge ordered the gun used to kill Selena was destroyed and the pieces of it were thrown in the Corpus Christi Bay. And fans were not very happy with that. I mean, did the family petition it? I don't know. Cause like they have a Selena museum. So I don't know if they want it, if they would really want that for there. You know what I mean? I, like probably not. I would not, you know, no. if that was my sister, daughter, what have you, you know. That would be
0: trauma. I mean, I can say that. Cause I think if you look back at like, what was it like Kurt Cobain? Mm-hmm. Didn't Courtney want the gun like destroyed? Yeah. And I, I think as a family member, you can petition to have the weapon destroyed. Mm hmm. Because otherwise, it's just going to sit in an evidence room. Right. And, I mean, let's be honest. People, if there are some sick fucks out there who would pay a lot of money for that gun. I actually think it's poetic that they, they melted it down so it couldn't hurt anyone else. Yeah, I agree. Fucking Yolanda. Right. Literally, Yolanda is, the, like, one of the most hated people on the planet. <laughs> hmm
1: And what's, like, also really heartbreaking is her third, their third wedding anniversary was... Just a few days before she died, or after mm-hmm. she died, like, because they got married, you know, in early April. And then, of course, her birthday being that month as well. At that time, George W. Bush was the senator, governor, mm-hmm. something. Governor. 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 George W. Bush was the governor. He actually declared her birthday as Selena Day. So I thought that was a nice tribute, regardless of how y'all feel about him and whatnot. But yeah, I thought that was really sweet to do. And, you know, like over the years and stuff, there's been tons of things to memorialize her and things like that, which is great. In Corpus Christi, there is this place known as Selena's Seawall, and it's a life-size bronze statue monument of her. And this was unveiled in 1997. And it said about 30,000 people from all over the world visit her monument each year. So... I thought that was cool and like we kind of briefly mentioned you know there's a movie there's also like a Netflix series Mm -hmm. I know that got some backlash though because like a lot of times it seems like I don't know I don't want to like talk about on Abraham and stuff because like you know like I'm a human but like it's been rumored that he's pretty opportunistic still oh very much out yeah no on things yes so people were like fuck this shit and you know honestly like i think people at this point they really are just interested in like a series that chris is involved in because he was not involved in the other stuff so right you know because really oh, at the end of the day trust me read that book and you will understand i want that to be a whole fucking series for sure just want that i want that
0: <laughs> and rightfully so i think you know Abraham's side of the story has come out. I'm, I'm assuming that the movie with Jennifer Lopez was heavily influenced mm-hmm. by Abraham because they kind of paint Chris as this, like, rebel, like, just, you know kind mm-hmm. of a bad guy that selena fell for the best ba- and like kind of made it seem like he was one of her bad choices and i was always yeah. like fuck that like even then you could kind of tell just the actors portraying it were like no there was mm-hmm. real love there and i mean we also have to thank this movie because it brought us jennifer lopez because before <laughs> that she was just a backup dancer
1: <laughs> and then she was selena this is true yeah for sure for sure it was really good i liked th- i remember watching that when i was little i liked that movie but yeah, so that is the episode on the life and death of Selena Quintanilla. Thank you, Megan, for suggesting this. This was one I've wanted to do for a while. So when you suggested that, I was very excited. And if you would like your own dedicated episode, you can join us over in the Spookster Club on Patreon. This starts at our $10 tier. But with that, we are going to go ahead and sign off and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.